So here we are on another week of On The Fly Filmmaking, a show that we live stream. But that's an interview show. What if we were to live stream a short film? That's crazy. Or is it exactly what we want to talk about here on On The Fly Filmmaking? Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to On The Fly Filmmaking. I am your host, Mary Lou Mandel, and I've got a wonderful guest here, John Ray Diaz. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we really appreciate you coming on here and sharing with us your turn-up song, which is... <laughs> what is the name of this song? It's uh, called Headstrong by Trapped. Yes. Uh, and you were saying there's like a sports thing for you. Yeah, well, I grew up playing a lot of sports, and uh, <clears throat> one of my best friends, um, we used to listen to the song in the car as we were heading to like a game or something, and it would just like hype us up, just get us crazy. And yeah. even if we lost, it was still like a good, like, we're going to take them on, and you know, yeah. stuff would happen. I love so. that. It's, and I, I, every time we have a new guest, we're asking them what their their turn up song is. Yeah. And it's just been really great because I'm adding to my, my turn up <laughs> playlist. You got to use it at the gym, I'm telling yeah. you. We're going to just conquer the world. You're just going to take on everything. Awesome. Totally. Well, let's talk about you conquering the world. You do a little bit of everything. I try. Yes. So try. Uh, today we're going to talk to you about your filmmaking things. But I do want to uh, talk a little bit first about your acting career, which is like just blossoming and like doing wonderful things. It's, um, you know, I've definitely been blessed recently. You know, um, I'm thankful to to be able to be pursuing this dream. And, um, you know, it's it's gone well lately. It's gone well. Yeah. What are some Absolutely. of the projects that you've been on recently? So the last thing I did was um, it actually should be airing in a couple of weeks. I guest starred on Scorpion okay. on CBS, uh, which was amazing because uh, I got to work with uh, Robert Patrick. Okay. Who was uh, T-1000 on Terminator 2. Yeah. I and saw that in the photo. It was yes, really awesome. He is, uh, well, uh, first of all, James Cameron, Terminator 2 is one of my all-time favorite movies. Because it's so good. It's like, one of the best I'm sorry, movies. you cannot deny the greatness that is T2. You Judgment cannot. Day. You can't. <laughs> and I remember watching that movie as a kid, growing up in a very conservative home, not being allowed to watch those type of movies, and hiding in my cousin's room watching this movie on VHS, thinking like, what is this? Like, yeah. this is a movie? Like, this is, how is this even possible? Yeah, you know? it's, it's pure wizardry. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, that movie just blew me away. So it was a complete honor to work with him. The entire cast and crew on there is amazing. And uh, it was a wonderful experience because he is a hilarious guy. Yeah. Super funny. And I'm sure he's had to really develop his his comedy and his sense of humor because <laughs> that is the role that's going to follow him forever that everyone knows him as. Totally. But he's done so much. He's done so many things. He's he's definitely a huge working actor, and I completely admire him. So yeah. it was an honor to work with and him. And what was the role that you played? I played a computer hacker. So I had the opportunity to be thrown around by him multiple times. Yes. And he was very rough with me, which that's, I appreciated as an actor because it made dream. it easy to, to act, you know. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely a, definitely a blessing. Awesome. And you also on Queen of the South? Queen of the South. Uh, yes, Queen of the South, excuse me. Uh, so season two was in the last two episodes and hopefully back for season three. Yeah. I don't know yet. You never really know. Yeah. Tell the fans out there. You guys need to tweet and say you want him back on the show. Please. We want me back on the season three. Tell everybody over there. Natalie, the producer. Okay. I'm not going to drop names. Yes. Um, anyway. <laughs> hey, Natalie. Yeah. And then Natalie, uh, Ryan, Onan, the writer. Okay. Yes. Anyway, sorry. Um, no, that was an awesome experience as well. We shot that in Dallas. And uh, the funny thing about that is that. I didn't find out I was I 
officially got the role until the day before we started shooting. Oh, wow. Yeah. Were you like a replacement for someone else or they just, it took that long? Apparently I've heard from other cast members that that's happened before. Mm -hmm. So I think they were just, they were literally shooting two episodes at the same time. Yeah. Which was super stressful because you're trying to figure out, okay, what was I doing before in this episode? No, we're now shooting a different episode, but it's, it was really confusing. And I just got a call from my agent and she was like, can you get on a a plane right now? They need you on set tomorrow. And I was like, I haven't even got a script yet. Oh, Uh, my God. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. See, even casting on big-time shows is on the fly. Yes. Everything at all levels can be on the fly. Totally. Totally on the fly. Yeah. You prepare as much as possible, but this is just – this is how the game is. Yeah. And it's it's a funny thing you mentioned that because even being on that set, you know, it's a big set. You've got multiple cameras. They actually had two directors at one point. Like, it was a a whole big thing. And – they're just literally figuring things out as they get there. Yeah. And just like you said, it's on the fly. There's a time crunch. They've got to shoot this stuff before the sun goes down. And they're trying to just get it all together. And there's stress levels. And there's 50 people on set trying to put things together. You get the lighting guy doing this. And sound over here is complaining about a mic issue. And you're just trying to just dissect all of it and come to a solution to create this thing. And that's what I love about movies and TV shows. Yeah is it's such a collaborative process and it makes you really respect what it takes to create anything. Yes. It's so difficult, Mm -hmm. so difficult. And you know as well, you know, from producing and all that, like it's hard. It's so hard, but it's so worth it. Nothing pays off the way like showing your work to other people or even like looking at it yourself afterwards. Absolutely. It's a really gratifying experience to see something like, okay, I created this. I made this, whether it turned out exactly how you envisioned it or not, you made it, Mm -hmm. you know, and you realize the blood, sweat and tears it took you to create that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. It is. It really is. So you also were part of an indie feature called I am still here. Yes. Yeah. Talk to me about that project. Um, so that is a movie that we shot quite a while ago. I believe it was, we shot that probably two years ago, 2015, I think roughly. Um, and that is an independent feature that is currently in the festival circuit right now. It's been doing amazing. Um, it's been winning tons of awards left and right. And it is a very uh, dark feature film, but it has a very important message. It deals with a young girl who is kidnapped at a young age and forced into uh, child sex slavery. And it takes a period of her life as a child um, going on until she becomes an adult. And it shows you that transition of what she goes through and how she is now dealing with it as an adult and trying to overcome this, this obstacle that you know, one can only imagine that is completely horrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I play the guy that essentially takes her. And <laughs> yes, so I'm the antagonist <laughs> in the film. And um, it was a one of the best projects I've ever been involved in. And uh, kudos to Misha Marcus and um, uh, her mother and everyone that worked on that project for just Catherine Botts uh, for just creating um, this idea and putting it all together because at one point it kind of fell apart then mm-hmm. it kind of came back and you know how it is with independent film you're like is it ever like, is gonna get e- made am I ever gonna see this I've been in so many indie projects that yeah. I've never seen the light of day but I'm like there's footage of me somewhere from like 
18 to 30, floating around, <laughs> just acting like a fool somewhere. It's out there. Yeah. And, you know, that happens a lot. You know, yeah. you, you go shoot something or you work on something and you never finish it. Um, and yeah. it's because it is so hard. Yeah. You know, it is, it is a daunting process. And sometimes when you look at it, you're like, I just, I can't do it. And I give mm-hmm. up. And, you know, uh, for those filmmakers that really stick it out and really just say, no, I'm going to do this. And especially one that has such a powerful message, yeah. like I am still here. Um, it's amazing. And she's been, uh, you know, I sincerely owe Misha so much because she, has guided me and uh playing that role was um was really pivotal for me um not only was it a difficult and challenging role because of the things i had to do in the film uh working with kids and trying to (laughs) trying to be this really vicious and awful character um but at the same time making sure that they were aware uh, that i'm not that person right is also really important. Mm-hmm. So in between takes or, you know, we're not shooting, I'd be goofing off with them, mm-hmm. making jokes. I'd let them yeah. pump makeup on my face. like Right. You just... make sure they know that's pretend. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That, that's just pretend. So right. that's good. Well, it was exactly what you were talking about there with indie films that don't complete is what got me into filmmaking mm. and wanting to create my own projects. How did you get into creating your own projects? I've always been into it. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, when I moved to L.A. and coming up, about I'm five years now being here. Um, that's initially what I wanted to do. So the first thing I ever did was what finally brought me out of here uh, coming from Arizona was a film development internship at uh, Panay Films at the Disney Studio lot. Mm-hmm. So that was the very first thing that kind of brought me out here. And it all started because I wanted to work in film. I just didn't really know what capacity. Right. So when you watch credits on a, on a movie, there's hundreds and hundreds yes. of names, right? And so I thought, well, why can't my name be one of those? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I finally was able to get out here to California, I got this internship. Uh, you know, coming out of college, I was like, you know, I'll become an assistant at a production company. It's not as easy as it sounds, unfortunately. Um, so I had to get an internship and uh, was working there a couple days a week and just doing script coverage, you know, reading some great projects, some not so great, but it was really a, a learning experience to see what it looks like from a studio end of how they receive scripts, the process of literally going from an intern to kind of like a pass or consider on a script mm-hmm. to, as to where an executive would really consider reading it. And there's piles and piles of scripts in these yeah. rooms. And it's like, you'll never get to all of them, you know? Um, so that was a great experience. And on the days off, I needed to make money. Yeah. So I worked, I did background, mm-hmm. you know, um, as many actors, you know, when they come out here or even starting off. Yep. I did I, background. I did background for a solid year. Yes. And it's a great yeah. learning experience, yes. right? I highly recommend it for anybody that really wants to get into acting but doesn't know where to start. Yeah. Or even if you're not, even to the people who want to work on a set, if you can't get a PA job True. or while you're like trying to get to the next PA job, at least you're on set and you can network. And they probably will like you a little bit better because you're not. One of those folks. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's, there's stories That's from being on set. true. <laughs> yeah. And I have done my share of PAing as well. Mm-hmm. I've PAed on movies as well, and I know what that process is mm-hmm. like. So I completely understand where you're coming from with that. Um, so it is a just it's – a, it's a great way to just learn being on set because mm-hmm. there is certain lingo. There is a certain demeanor you have to have. You know, you have to know how to handle yourself. Yeah. You know, and if you don't look like a professional, then people are not going to take you serious. Yes. So um, 
so yeah, so that was my way of trying to make money between doing this gig and I realized how much I love being on set. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, deep down inside, I always knew I really wanted to be an actor. Um, I just kind of saw it as a pipe dream. You know, right. I, I never thought you could actually make a living doing it. Mm-hmm. Coming from the background I came from, especially from like a Latino culture where it's like you get a job and you work there for 30 years, mm-hmm. retire, you and have kids and a is. family, and that's what it is. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Um, and I had that ingrained in me. So when you look at a creative art, whether it's filmmaking mm-hmm. or writing or whatever it might be, they're like, well, that's a great hobby, but yeah. what are you going to do for the rest of your life? Totally. And it's it's different. And then when I realized you can make a living doing this, I said, well, I need to put all my eggs in that basket and I need to figure out how to do that. Yeah. And then the, the fear is real with that kind of thing because it's ingrained so deeply. Like I am working as a professional creative and I still yeah. am like, is it going <laughs> to pan out? Yeah. Like, but like I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm already in it, but the fear still sits there. Sure. But, I, I think we always have that yeah. though, right? But in, in a way it's also a great motivator. Yes. Right? Because you, it, you have that fear ingrained in you, but it also says like, well, Okay, well, I'm not going to end up in the street because, you know, I, I can't let that happen. So I got to work harder. Yes. I, I got to stay motivated. I got to go after it because no one's going to do it for you, right? Yep. So you have to go after yourself. So I think that's actually a kind of a blessing in, yeah. in a weird way. You get a little taste of, of not having this dream than having what it is. And you're like, I can't go back. Exactly. I can't go back. Yeah. So you just, you know kind of live in fear all the time <laughs> but it's good because you get to live in your bliss and your creativity and totally and your art so. and, and you love what you do yeah right yeah. so i mean and that's that's really what it comes down to um i i wish i'd learned it earlier in my life but it's not necessarily about just doing a job that's going to pay you a lot of money mm-hmm. it's about doing something that you love you know because if you do something you love then you'll never be poor the rest of your life yeah you know what i mean um, and that's really what it kind of comes down to. That's wonderful advice. Wonderful advice. So there were two different short films of yours that I was able to watch today. Yeah. Uh, Five Are Fallen yeah. and Papua. Yes. So uh, for both of them, you did you write both of them? So I wrote Five Are Fallen, mm-hmm. um, which they're very completely contrasting short yes. films. Um, and are they out in the world for people to see? Or they're, um, they're out in festivals? Festivals right gotcha. now. They, they've recently been some... Well, Papua mostly is what I've been focusing on right now, which is a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. And um, that one we've submitted to about 50 or so festivals so far. Um, that one was not written by me. That was written by a friend of mine, Austin Arnold. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of the actors in there. He's one of the actors yes. in it. And also his twin brother, Aaron Arnold, mm-hmm. who's also in there as well. Um, he produced it along with us. And we've... Uh, formed a production company called Disgruntled Employee Productions. Um, I think that kind of shows our stab at authority, yes. you know, with the uh, with the comedy aspect. So this was, <laughs> weirdly enough, this project was actually a chapstick commercial. Yeah. Um, if you saw the short, there's uh-huh. a scene where I put <laughs> this is your favorite excessive amount of chapstick on, <laughs> and um, at the very end, Austin had written a tagline about like chapstick. It's you know we need it in all our worst situations. Some weird tagline, right? Mm-hmm. And we thought we should make this a short film, but lose the chapstick part. Yeah. So uh, it turned into this weird, funny, awkward, just dark comedy short. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Because I didn't know what to expect. I I watch things. I don't like to read a synopsis. I Mm. just want to experience, especially when it's a short film. It's like, okay, I can get through 10 minutes and not know anything. 
and go into it. And I was like, oh, it's so dramatic and dark. Oh, my gosh. This <laughs> this dad is, like, in the hospital. Oh, right. oh. Yeah. I see. Take, I, take I a little twist at the end. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's how we wanted to look uh, when we shot it. Uh, the director of photography I've worked with for Dan Rink, he's amazing. And I told him we want to have this very dark, dramatic feel to it, kind of like a uh, Paul Thomas Anderson type of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, but also at the end of it, there's this weird twist where it's like, you, do I want to laugh or do I yeah. not want to laugh? Like, so we <laughs> wanted the audience to feel a little awkward and say, do I chuckle here? I don't yeah. know. So that was our objective, essentially. So if that's what happened to you, then yeah. we accomplished that. Yes. Good. Very good. So I I hope that that uh, gets out in the world where people can see it. Yes. Because it's a wonderful piece, a little project that you've done. And then Five or Fallen, totally different end of the spectrum and show a little more of your acting. Like So you were acting in in Papua, Mm -hmm. but this one... Just more dramatic. More dramatic. And there's a totally. hammer. I'm, 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 a, I'm a fan. Are you a fan? Okay. Yeah. Um, Drive is one of my favorite yep. movies. Um, okay, that's probably what it was. Yeah. And uh, I just, uh, I love the aspect of, uh, in that short film, uh, I, you know, kill somebody with a hammer, essentially. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always been fascinated with a, diff- a different idea of, like, using different objects as a weapon. And I, I, I thought it was... Drive as being one of my favorite movies is kind of an homage to that. Um, so, yeah, Five or Fallen is definitely a darker piece. I've always been fascinated with the father-son relationship. I'm not sure if that has to do with the relationship with my father. I don't really know. Um, and that's kind of where the idea kind of came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of religious elements in there as well, which is also comes from my background coming from such a conservative home where my parents were very religious um, it kind of has a lot of ties to that as well. And, uh, I had also written stuff for people in my acting class that I thought would be really great for it. So the guy that plays Victor, the really tall guy in there, mm-hmm. Sharonis Jackson, uh, Sharonis Jackson, excuse me. Um, he's a fabulous actor and I know him from my acting class and I was like, dude, you gotta be in this thing. Yeah. I wrote this for you. Um, so that was kind of like where that idea kind of evolved from and, um, yeah, I've just always been fascinated by the idea of a guy just having to make a decision and he's kind of put in a situation situation where um, he's about to lose it. He just, he's already lost everything, you know, and at this point it's a matter of survival and just, uh, you know, just fighting for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so so that one you wrote, directed, and produced. Mm-hmm. So uh, as far as filmmaking process... That one was yours, beginning to end. Yes. Right. So you, you start with the concept. Yes. And then you, you write the script and you, you pulled from people that you know. Yes. For the for the acting part of it, I definitely pulled. I wrote specifically for people that I knew already. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as the entire process itself, it was really tough because I pretty much did everything. Yeah. Uh, what was the, the timeline from concept to release? <sighs> concept the initial concept was probably before we actually shot it it was several months mm-hmm. um then usually it, those things are knocking around in your head for a while yeah it's mm-hmm. been an idea that was in my head for a long time and then it kind of evolves mm-hmm. you know then you put it down on paper um and then you actually write a script and you're like well no that sucks so let me change this again um and it's a lot of fine tuning and literally all the fine tuning of the script happened all the way up until actually shooting mm-hmm. um and I think that's because you also discover things as you're about to shoot. Yeah. And while you're shooting, um, you know, for example, another actor in there, uh, Jamel uh, Hamdad, who was, uh, he played kind of the bad guy, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, 
<clears throat> I had told him that I wanted him to sing a song, mm. some sort of lullaby. Yeah. But I couldn't think of one that was really appropriate. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I know of this other one that uh, that I know of. And um, I was like, well, let me hear it. And he just like sang it literally as we were rehearsing on set. Yeah. And I was like, that's the one. That's the one. Let's go with that. Yeah. And that was all kind of just like his own thinking. And um, he did a beautiful job with it. Mm-hmm. And that scene was wonderful. And you could tell like, yeah, he heard the song from the kid, but yeah. it felt like it affected that character because he knew, knew that song. Like the actor knew, knew this song. Absolutely. So it, it probably had some history for him. Right. Yeah, it's great. And the way he came at it, there was a little bit of aggressiveness toward it too. Mm-hmm. And so that also kind of amplified it as well. Um, but yeah, in terms of the whole process, it's like, yeah, so you, you come up with this idea and, and you put it on paper. And when you feel like you finally have it as close as possible to what I think it is or what you think it is, then you want to execute it. And that's where having a great producer and all those stuff really comes in handy, which I didn't really have much of that. Um, you know, thankfully, uh, my girlfriend really helped me with a lot of it, yeah. you know, kind of piecing things together. But in terms of like props and crafty and call sheet and all that stuff, that was mm-hmm. all me, you know, so it's kind of a one man band. Yeah. Um, I knew I could do it. I just was overwhelmed by it. You know what I mean? Um, and it is like, you know, you know how it is. It, it's it's such a collaborative process. And usually you have like one guy that's dedicated to all those mm-hmm. different things. Um, so when you're doing it by yourself, it's really difficult. Um, and then directing while you're in it is even more of a challenge. Yeah. Because you're relying on people that you trust. Um, D, the DP on that was uh, Gene Sung. And um, he's a fabulous DP as well. I worked with him on a short film a while ago. And he loved working with me. That was like, hey, man, if you ever want to shoot something, just call me. Yeah. And that's literally what I did. I just reached out to him. I was like, hey, man, I got the short I want to do. You want to shoot it with me? He's like, okay. All right. And he came up with some amazing storyboards for the project. Um, we scouted the location. I told him, like, this is what I'm looking for in terms of, you know, the mood. These are the types of shots I want to get. Um, so it's a very collaborative process. But, you know, when you're in it, when you're actually in the thick of it, you'll start to see things like, oh, you know, I really want to get this now or I want to get this or I should have got that. You know, different things happen. And I remember that day being even more difficult because I had to leave midday. Oh, no. Um, And I didn't want to. I was so torn. But I had had a callback for a a recurring character on a really big TV show. you have to take that. And I was like... I was trying to like beg my manager, just can you just have a move it tomorrow or something? Mm-hmm. Like I can't just leave people here. And they're like, this is the only time frame. And I was able to sneak in and sneak right back out and come back. But I hated doing that. And then on top of that, equipment got stolen at the end of the night. No. Um, the gaffer's equipment had gotten stolen out of his truck. And then he was like, I'm leaving. I'm taking my lighting. And I was like, we still have like another part to shoot. And then it was such a difficult day because everything that was kind of working was, was going great. And then there were certain aspects of the day that just was just kind of like ruining everything, but you deal with that on a, on a film set. It Mm -hmm. happens all the time, all the time. And I think what it is, it's a matter of just being able to take the punches Mm -hmm. and always trying to quickly come up with a solution. Yes. Cause it's not that like, of course you hope that nothing goes wrong, but it's more about, how you deal with things when they go wrong because something will go wrong. Yeah, it always does. Even on a big set, Mm -hmm. something happens. You know, whether it's like an actor 
doesn't want to come out to mm -hmm. do their scene or, you know, or, uh, you know, the weather is bad. Like there's, there's so many factors that go into it, you know? Um, but I kind of like that. Yeah. I kind of like the pressure of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it just, it gets you excited. It gets you motivated. It gets you wanting to just like, I don't know, just carve out something out of nothing, whether it might be. Yeah. You know, and that goes back to like a lot of the real life stuff we do, mm -hmm. you know, um, which is this. Yeah, this project was really exciting when I, I learned about it. Yeah. It's real live cinema. Yeah. And you guys do a short film live streamed every Friday on Facebook. Yes. So how did that come about? Because I was looking at your short films. I had like looking at your acting career. And then when I found this. I was like, this is exciting. This is new. This is different. How did you come up with that? Um, I, or get involved with it? That one, um, I will credit that one to a friend of mine, Matthew mm -hmm. Pescio, uh, who actually kind of more came up with the idea. And um, uh, he's a good friend of mine. And he was at my place one night, and I, th I think we were kind of just discussing just film stuff. And he was like um, telling me he had just seen this mo this movie by Woody Harrelson called Lost in London, mm -hmm. which I had heard of. Um, but I wasn't able to see it because it only streamed one time. Yeah. So if, if anybody that doesn't know, uh, Lost in London is a uh, full feature length film uh, that Woody Harrelson starred in and also directed. I believe he also wrote it as well, mm -hmm. uh, based on an experience that actually happened to him in London. And the entire film was shot all live in one take and streamed to like, I don't know, 500 theaters across the country. That's amazing. When did this happen? Uh, a few months ago, I think okay. like six to eight months ago like, or something. You can't find a re. I was trying to find it yeah. somewhere, but I couldn't find it. So it's I'm, like theater. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure there's a copy done, of it somewhere. Done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That so, was and that's a beautiful part of that. Yeah. I bet you once it's done, it's done. Yeah. You know, it's very raw. Um, and I'm sure it's out there somewhere. I, I don't know, but I wasn't able to see it. But he went to watch it, and he said that obviously there was some things that happened. You could tell, like you know little errors here and there you you know sound issues mm -hmm. uh the stream cuts out you know you're shooting in london you know um but he, he was very impressed with it and i was blown away by the concept yeah you know because that's i i feel like i wish i wish so much that i would have been able to see the movie but i feel like that adds more to just submersing you into this real experience because you know it's actually happening as you're yeah. watching it you know it's almost it has this reality tv aspect mm -hmm. to it um but it now it has that 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 brush stroke of of filmmaking added to it yeah and it's a beautiful thing um so he when he mentioned this i was like hey man why don't we do this mm -hmm. and he was kind of like well how and i was like well yeah. Facebook has a streaming live option, mm -hmm. and now these other uh, we're streaming live here. Yeah. So you know. So um, technically, how how are you guys accomplishing this? Are you filming off of a phone? Yeah. So what we decided to do is um, we just decided to do everything on an, on iPhone because um, we our hopes was to try to get some some sponsorship with Apple mm -hmm. essentially. Um, so we have a couple of rigs that we use, mm -hmm. um, you know, gimbals and stuff to try to get the shots smoother. And what um, are you using? Do you happen to know? It is called a, how do you spell it, uh, Fiutech okay. gimbal. You can get it at any Apple store. Is it one of those, like, you handheld Yeah, it's way? got a double-handed. stays in the middle. Absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah. And it's really easy to use, and that one's been really nice. Um, I also have an Osmo as well mm -hmm. that sometimes we'll use. That one works really good, too. Um, and they're, you know, like two, 300 bucks or something like yeah. that. Not too bad. Um, we also have a Rode mic, 
that I'll attach to the iPhone. Mm -hmm. But the problem that we've had is that our biggest challenge has been the streaming live aspect of it and sound. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is that, first of all, you have to be in an area that has great cell phone reception or Wi-Fi. Right. And even then it gets spotty. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And even if you're, you found an amazing location, if there's no signal, you can't use it. You know, it's just like, I can't shoot here because as much as I want to, it's just not going to happen. Um, so elevators are really tricky. We've found Mm -hmm. because you tend to just drop signal there. Um, so that's been a big challenge. And one of the first things that drops out when you do shoot something live is audio. Mm -hmm. Um, especially if you're using an external mic, um, because that has been a challenge where you want everyone, your audience to hear what your characters are saying. Um, but if the audio drops out, it's like, yeah, you're lost. You're lost on the whole thing. Um, and also Facebook automatically downgrades the video quality to 720p mm-hmm. right off the bat. So you're already losing a little bit of production value there. Um, so we've tried our best to kind of navigate those issues, but eventually, you know, they'll, they'll fix those things yes. on Facebook. Yeah. And, stuff. and it'll just keep getting better. Right. Cause now all of the other platforms also have live streaming like YouTube. You can live stream off of totally Instagram even has live streaming. Yeah. Right. And now, now you can save the video right. for a little bit. So there's. It's growing because it's something that people want to see. Absolutely. And I think it's really great that you guys are using it in a narrative sense because I had not seen that yet. Yeah, and that was what we haven't seen anybody else do it, really. Um, and it's we both of us are just huge film fans, yeah. and that's really what it all stems from. But I feel like all of us, you, for yourself included, just yeah. that's what it all comes to, is mm-hmm. just, we're just big film people. Yeah. Um, and so to be able to shoot a narrative uh, form project with just a small device was unheard of years ago and to be able just to put it out there and at the end of it be like we're done like there's no editing it's out it's done yeah that's like the beauty of of this show that we do here like on the fly filmmaking once we're in the studio we shoot it and now it's out on the internet yeah you know there's there's not editing it's like marissa's in the the back you know, engineering right now. Doing her know. thing. She's just being magic. Yeah, she's, she's as working. she does. Yeah. You know, so right now, like, she's, like, pulling up photos for us to reference what we were talking about. This is gotcha. a, a gimbal. Yeah, that's that looks like the um, – that one looks like the handheld version, but the one that we use is the, double, the double-handed one, mm-hmm. um, which I think is on the Apple website if you check that out. Um, super easy to use, and also the Osmo is a good alternative as well. That one works just as fine as, yeah. as anything. Um, but it really depends. I mean, sometimes we'll just use – we'll shoot handheld if it – you know, we shot one time in a trunk of a car uh-huh. and it's just the angle that we were, you're kind of like maneuvering yourself at. You can't use one of those. Yeah. Um, and so you're like, I just got to shoot it with my hand, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's, it's hard, but you just kind of try to, to, to figure it out. And that's what I love most about it yeah. is literally just like walking into a room and especially if we're on a deadline, cause we're like, Oh, we got to get it on by seven and just being like, okay, well we can go through this window right here. Let's, let's take that screen off. Let's do that. And uh, I'll see if we can get a shot behind the couch and figure out a way for the camera to go through something. You know, it's just like I love like the idea of just like thinking through all those things. And it's maybe a better director because we can kind of get in there and be yeah. like, no, you're going to stand here and the camera's going to come this way. And then when this happens, you're going to walk across this hallway or whatever it is. Right. You know what I mean? So it's definitely made us sharper filmmakers for mm-hmm. sure. And then uh, the stories of the the two that I saw also included like the camera was part of it. Like they're aware of the camera. It's not. Yes. Uh, yeah. They're like self-aware certain yeah, ones. So like one that we're going to play while we keep chatting about this, uh, which I thought was really interesting. 
and especially because it's uh, October and Halloweeny. Right. So actually, Friday the Thirteenth is coming up pretty soon. It's coming so. up soon. But this, like you, it is part of the story that it's being live streamed. Yeah. Which I think is really brilliant. Um, this one was a brutal one. Um, yeah. This that's one. That's you. That that is me. <laughs> um, and actually, the guy that's doing all this stuff to me is my buddy Matt, who's wearing the mask. There he is. Um, and um, yeah. So this is essentially a torture scene, which is. I, I don't know how we were able to pull it off, but we did. Um, but yeah, so the idea behind this was, unfortunately, now I don't want to say unfortunately, but well, technically yes. Uh, you know, a while back there was a guy that live streamed him shooting somebody. Mm. Um, like for it, real. For real. Yeah. Yeah. And um, as heartbreaking, horrific as it was to watch, it kind of opened up this window or this door essentially for other people to probably start doing it yeah you know what i mean which is a scary thought Mm -hmm. necessarily but with technology the way it is and with social media the way it is now you have all these capabilities to literally just put whatever you kind of want out there yeah um and so we did this kind of trilogy which we called it serial media about this guy that essentially is broadcasting all of these horrific things he's doing to a mass audience. Yeah. Um, and that was the first video we did where he was essentially torturing me and streaming it online, basically. Right. Um, and then the other videos kind of show him, like, it's kind of like a, it kind of goes in reverse where he's now um, showing him, like, how he, like, kind of takes somebody and lures them back to his place and kind of how that process works. Um, but, you know, that is what um, social media has kind of evolved to. Yeah. It's kind of become a, a filmmaking tool in a sense, mm-hmm. you know, because it allows you to put anything you want out there and there's this feeling of immediate gratification for your audience, um, but also it can be used for really negative things like that. Yes. You know, which is scary, um, but that's just kind of the world we live in now. Right, and then, and that's, with, with the good comes the bad. No matter yeah. what. And so, and I, and I think it's interesting that you, you, you use that as a storyline because it does bring light to like, oh, this could really happen. Right. You know, and then, but you guys have evolved into some different types of stories where uh, it, it's not a murder scene. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah, we, we've, uh, we decided early, fairly early on that we're going to kind of carry a central theme of loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, that's kind of more evolved in the, some of the more recent projects where, it's a character d- uh, dealing with some sort of loss, right? Whether it's a loss of life, a loss of a job, loss yeah, of I a like relationship. Yeah, I like having a theme with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's kind of what we're focused on now. Is this is kind of where we're going to stick to, um, because it could it's a broad spectrum. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It could be, it could be all kinds of different things. It yeah. could be a comedy. It could be different things of um, somebody dealing with with that and um, how they react to it and. Um, how they're able to manage a situation is always interesting. Yeah, in the Woody Harrelson project, are they aware of the camera? No, so that is a full-length feature film. It's a narrative, um, as far as I know, at least. Um, but they were able to pull off some really amazing things. Mm-hmm. And but again, it kind of it comes down to that budget too. Yeah, you know, when you're Woody Harrelson and you have all these like well-known actors in your project, you have the money to, to be able to 
just do something do on this things. grand scale. Yeah. Um, Any I, of the ones that you guys have done, are they not aware of the camera? Because the ones that I saw, the camera was definitely part of the scene. Uh, yeah, there's plenty of those. Okay. We have tons of those um, where they're not aware of the camera. Um, we kind of did some of those where they are aware because it is kind of like this, you know, mm-hmm. this social media world where it's just everyone's kind of in the selfie type of mode now. Yeah. Um, so we, that we wanted to kind of play with something that's a little more current. But there are definitely several of them that are dealing with just the loss aspect, but you have no clue that the camera's mm-hmm. there. You know? And when are you guys writing these? Are you writing it the day of? Are you writing it ahead of time? It depends. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we try to be ahead of the ball game, but unfortunately I'm busy. He's yeah. busy. So you're airing this at 7 p.m. You guys are meeting at like... Five. We're meeting at six fifty. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Like, Here we go. Take out the screen. Just yeah, do a just do something. <laughs> um, you know, we're all luckily we have a great, uh, you know, a great great access to a lot of wonderful actors mm-hmm. that I've worked with several times, and uh, we're all very comfortable with each other. We're all good at improv, so and we're not afraid of it. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, we love it actually. Um, so if we're able, if we have to put something together very last minute. Uh, I feel confident about it. Like, you know, it's more for me, it's about the camera moves. Where's the camera moving? What's happening in the scene? Things like that. I'm never so worried about the performance necessarily. Yeah. Um, because I, that's where I kind of put the trust in the people right. I, I know. Let people do with. the things that they're good at. Totally. Yeah. Um, so sometimes we meet earlier in the week. You know, we would try to meet on like a Sunday or Monday, come up with ideas, have something written. Um, we try to put together a poster if we can mm-hmm. for it so we can kind of promote it for Friday. A rehearsal? Yes, we try. Yeah. Um, at least a camera rehearsal so we have an idea of where we want it to, com- to right. kind of come together. And then we try to meet with the actors at least like a few hours beforehand. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is what we're doing um, after they've seen the script and everything. And then we try to go through it. Yeah. Now, it doesn't always happen that way. Um, it could be 6 o'clock and we're like scrambling to come up with something. Um but Who's that's got on the, the Wi-Fi password. I know anybody. anybody <laughs> we'll shoot something in the studio one time. And, yes, you know. Um, but yeah, and we love to we love to collaborate with people. So we're very inclusive, you know, in this. And um, we're looking at also having someone guest direct something. Yeah. Um, guest act in it. You know, just different things because uh, people are interested in the idea. And for someone that moved here that didn't know a soul when I came here. Yeah. Uh, you know how challenging it'd be mm-hmm. to just figure out this town. Yeah. And I wish I had somebody to help guide me along. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always willing to, you know, help somebody and guide somebody. If yeah. someone's like, hey, I want to just kind of be involved in it. Cool. Yeah, it sounds um, like you're building a little community. So check that out, Real Life Cinema on Facebook. Yes. So uh, I want to chat with you about now these projects that you have directed and also acted in. I've done that, and I found it extremely difficult. Yeah. And, you know, I always am like, I'm never doing that again, but then I end up doing it. Uh, But it's one of those things where, in any kind of set, like, I have had my hands in probably almost every, like... Every aspect of the crew or whatever it is, yeah. You know, but, and then when I'm doing things for myself, like, I'm the hair and makeup team, (laughs) I'm the camera team, I write it, I produce it, I'm in it. Like, it's just like everything, everything, everything. But when you can split it up, it's wonderful. Sure. How was that experience for you, being uh, directing and acting? I think it's the same as your, yours. Yeah. You know, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah. It's it's uh, stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a uh, it's a real challenge. You know, because you're you know when you're coming in just acting, you're just like, okay, I just got to focus on my performance. 
you know, whatever technical aspects they tell me, I got to hit my mark here, mm-hmm. you got to look there, whatever it is, that's all you got to focus on. But when you're directing, even just directing, you have a whole team of people that you're focused on yeah. and, you know, also the actors. But if you're doing everything, it's like, well. Something if, slips. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Inevitably, something slips. Yeah. And, yeah, I know I, the projects that I've watched where I was like, oh, if I were just having to focus on my performance, yeah. I feel like this would be different. Yeah. But because I had to also think, like, okay, lunch is coming, <laughs> and then, like, we have to make sure we dump the footage so sure. it doesn't overload, and, like, these people have to leave because I asked them all to volunteer, and I like, right. really don't want them to hate me. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, <laughs> and totally, because you want people, you're like, oh, these people are working for free, and you yeah. want to have them feel good and things like that. And, um, yeah, I saw your, one of your projects, um, Acting Dead, that you were producing, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's some really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, and then actually, uh, one of your part of your management team he uh james jolie he, okay he and i produced and starred in a web series pilot that's floating around on the internet there you go i did not know that about james so yeah. that's really cool yeah so that's awesome it's that that kind of stuff really really excites me when yeah. i meet other filmmakers that come from that same world totally because that's where i started in learning about cameras where i was like yeah. i want to be in something i want to do something I better figure out how this camera works. Right, and you, and and that's that. What that does is it makes you uh, just such a better, more well-rounded filmmaker because mm-hmm. you know aspects of everything. Yeah, you know, and I think it's really important to, to understand all those things because it also gives you a respect for those people that do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, it always drives me crazy when I see actors on set and they just have no respect for the crew or whatever it is, and yeah. it's like, do you not understand that without them, this isn't getting made? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's yeah. like you need everybody to come together to create something and also having worked crew on films and stuff like that you it's it would suck when people would not respect what you're doing because we're all part of this process yes you know we all just want to accomplish the goal which is to create a fabulous product yes and hopefully we can achieve that you know what i mean um but yeah directing and producing your own thing Mm -hmm. is super hard i think the the biggest thing you can try to if you're ever going to do that is to have other people around you that you trust to advise you to see whether something is working, whether it's not, and to plan and prepare as much as possible. Yes. Because I, I learned the very first short I ever tried to direct completely fell apart because I was unprepared. Mm-hmm. And I told myself after that, that I'll, that'll never happen again. Right. But you kind of have to have that fall on your face moment to realize what unprepared feels like yes and what it feels like afterwards absolutely yeah and, and, and then you're like oh okay that's not you're like oh righty uh <laughs> that was embarrassing let me uh do something good now um <laughs> so uh yeah and you don't want it to suck you yeah. know what i mean like nobody wants to make something and be like oh that's terrible yeah you know what i mean so especially when your name is attached to it i always feel now that you ha- if you're not going to do it right don't do it at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, of course, at the beginning, I encourage everyone that's trying to get into filmmaking or acting, directing, whatever it is, just do everything you can. Mm-hmm. Everything. It doesn't matter if it's something you're shooting in your backyard with a handy cam. Just do it because yeah. it's going to be all a learning process. But once you've gotten a pretty firm grasp on how things work, just do it right. You know what I mean? You're going to, you're, you're, you're not going to regret it later. Yeah. And you're going to be like, Wow, I'm so glad that I was so well prepared for everything because I got something that I can be proud of now. Yeah, and and it's really about uh, preparing as much as you can with what your resources are at the moment. Because if you wait 
to do your project until you're like, I just don't have the right camera. I don't have the perfect camera for this. Mm -hmm. And you wait because of tools. Yeah. That can be problematic. That can stunt your growth. Totally agree. You know, but you prepare as you as much as you can as a creative. Sure. Grab your iPhone. Mm-hmm. Go live stream on Facebook. Like, there you go. Go make some art. You just made a short film. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You, I mean, that's that's exactly what it is. And, um, you know, the Duplass brothers are a great example of mm-hmm. creating your own stuff and now having great success. Yeah. Um, so I listened to a lot of the, their interviews and articles about how they got going. And they're right. I mean, you you when you're starting off, you literally just have to just shoot stuff and just, you know, put something together, you know, to figure out this process. Yeah. And you, you can't be like, well, but I really want to get that, you know, the new Sony camera or, you know, in a couple months I'm going to have enough money. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, in the meantime, you could be practicing yep. until you have enough to be able to use it. Mm-hmm. And then you can start working with it. But why not get, you know, why not sharpen that skill in the meantime? So when you get to that point, you're a little more well-versed in this process. Yeah. I used to... Anytime I got a new piece of gear and I wanted to do a test, would make it into a short mm. of some kind. Nice. So, like, a, th- I wanted to test, like, some graphics kind of thing. Like, I didn't know how to do graphics. So I was yeah. like, all right, well, let me shoot a little story. We're going to hang up a tennis ball and like, <laughs> we're going to make it a Mario block, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. now it's a little story. It's That's not cool. just like sitting here and film that and like try to lay some stuff over it. Totally. Because you, every time, are practicing your storytelling. You know, so there was right. you know, like the first time I got a dolly and I was like, OK, well, like I know I want to like go like see how it sure. looks panning across the kitchen. All right. So like what if we're over here and then we're going to like have somebody pop up and like it was like a little horror thing. Right. That just very quick. But it was right. to test the gear, but also practice storytelling. Right. But you also yeah. But you also kind of made a little short out of it. Yes. Which is really cool. And then you just have those under your belt now. Totally. Which you can do. Like I didn't have like the perfect everything for that. But That's true. It was like, well, I'm going to. There's infinite stories. Just make them. Yeah, and I mean now nowadays it's it's so much easier to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, ten years ago, whatever it was. I mean, you know, picking up a cell phone camera and shooting a short film was kind of like yeah. unheard of, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's become so much more accessible to everybody. Um, and now you just got to apply yourself. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Please go make movies. <laughs> the world's so crazy right now. Movies. Please go and like create things and, oh, and bring yeah. bring your gift to the world. And It is. It's you know, tough. Whether it's you're mirroring the bad things that are going or you're like doing something completely opposite to give people relief. Please. Yeah. Please, please, please go right. express yourself and make your art. Totally. Don't hurt people though. Yeah. Don't. No, don't. Don't do that. Don't do that. And that's, that's what I love about movies. And this is why I am a big fan of movies is because... If you're having a bad day, good or bad, whatever's going on in your life, movies are a way to escape your reality. Yes. You know what I mean? You could just, for an hour and a half or two hours, you can dive into a wholly, a completely different world and just be just immersed in these different characters and the storyline and just forget about everything else, mm-hmm. you know? And it's a beautiful process that you're able to do that. Yes. You know what I mean? And then it also can serve as a, a way of, of catharsis and relating to other humans mm. that are not with you in your immediate space, but they're feeling something or express something that you are feeling. You're like, oh, Absolutely. I'm not alone because this movie's telling my story. <laughs> right. Know? Like, how, yeah. is, how is this possible? So, totally. like, you can escape, you can relate. It, like, it can resonate with you. Yeah. Absolutely. Or help you kind of deal with something. Or it, It's really wonderful. So, please, go out and create your work. Yes, do it. Do you have any other advice for creators that are out there? Um, I just say, just don't have any fear. Um, don't allow dream thieves to just take things from you what i mean by that is like 
the biggest thing is like f- people have fear of it, um, lack of motivation, being around negative people. Um, just surround yourself around positive, like-minded people that want to make something and don't be afraid because like I said, when I th- thought of acting, um, anything being involved in the industry was a pipe dream. I really thought that, yeah, you know, because that wasn't my mindset. And I feel like a lot of people really come from that mindset too. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just knew that wasn't for me, you know? Um, but once I discovered it and I wish I had even discovered it at an earlier age, but that's not the path. It's not the path. Like you can't let that derail you, even though like, you know, it would be great to start sooner. Absolutely. But But here we are. Here we are. Yeah. So everything happens for a reason. I firmly believe that. And, um, you know, I'm glad that I found this path. And I'm excited to see where it leads. Yeah. So everyone out there, just find something you're passionate about, whether it's film or art or writing, whatever it might be. It doesn't matter. And just figure out a way to make it a reality. You know, there's this, this, uh, an acting teacher that once told me this quote that I think is like uh, perfect for, for this, especially for filmmakers, is to stop chasing dreams and turn it into a reality. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that is a big thing because there's nothing wrong necessarily with dream chasing, but at some point it could be more than just a dream where Mm -hmm. you're just like, well, I'd love to do that, but you don't actually ever do anything about it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So go after it. Yeah. And I I like the concept of um, building because that feels active. Like chasing feels like you you may never catch up to something, but you can sit there. I can like pick something up and I can build. And that. I love that. That's great. For me, because I'm a, I'm that girl that like i'm very woo woo where i like <laughs> i'm like okay we have to visualize you know really i didn't notice at all I'm yeah just, you could tell I'm just kidding. I'm just you can tell I'm like please go make movies that, that yeah. help make people happy yeah. but yeah like building you want to build your dream totally into a reality yeah. you know like a house is just a brick until it's a house absolutely yeah and good. when it's done how do you feel amazing because you've got a roof you can film in the backyard and you yeah. made it yourself you made it yeah. So that's a really cool thing. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Totally. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank and you for having me. We're so really happy to like encourage your career and as a filmmaker, as an actor. And I loved hearing all of your stories. So you guys definitely check out all of Johnny's stuff. Let everyone know where they can find you. Uh, you guys can find me on all social media at Johnny Ray Diaz. And that's R-E-Y-D-I-A-Z. Awesome. And then make sure you check out Real Live Cinema on Facebook every Friday at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Yes. And it seems like you're making a little community. So if you're a filmmaker, like the page, interact, see how you can get involved. Totally. Feel free to reach out to me about anything. Uh, absolutely. That's yeah. wonderful. And I am Mary Lou Mandel. This is On The Fly Filmmaking, where every week we talk to another person in the film industry to figure out what might be right for you. Please, again, go out and create some good work. I'm Mary Lou Mandel. Find me all over the internet. We will see you next week. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.